They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him? At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Remembering that the Gospel of Mark focuses on action is one of the keys to understanding that entire Gospel. But it's also an important key to understand what we have just read this morning, that action is what Mark tends to focus on. Remembering that will help us grasp, I think, the deeper meaning and the fullness of this story that Mark has told us. This passage is a little bit like the very first one we had in this series. If you were here, you might remember I told you that we were going to be focusing on listening to Jesus. And in the very first passage we read, Jesus never spoke. So we had to look to see that Mark was helping us prepare to listen by seeing what John the Baptist was doing and saying. So we would be prepared to hear what Jesus was going to say to us. Well, this morning, Mark does a similar thing. He tells us that Jesus is in the synagogue, and he teaches them, and what he teaches is astounding to the people. Then he never tells us what he said. (laughs) Well, great, I'm so glad it was astounding. Maybe that would have been a good lesson to write down so we could hear it. But Mark doesn't do that. Mark never tells us what the lesson was or what words Jesus said when he began to teach. It just seems a little bit weird to me that he did it that way until I remember what Mark focuses on. What were we going to remember? Mark focuses on action. So he tells us that Jesus says astounding things, but rather than elaborating those, he moves right into the action of the moment. Mark offers us more than words. He describes the words in action. I think as Mark reports this, he wants us to know what happened, and he tells us that Jesus is teaching, and people are amazed or astounded. But then in verse 23, what seems like an interruption, I think, is rather Mark's using a moment in history as a teachable moment for all of us. In verse 23, he records, Just then... There was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. 
And it seems like Mark has moved away from the teaching into this interruption that has come into the congregation. But rather than an interruption, I think Mark sees something more. I think he sees the embodiment of what Jesus says in this moment when Jesus is interrupted and he begins to tell us about that experience. I don't think Mark forgets to tell us what Jesus taught that was so astounding. I think he sees a better way to tell us what Jesus says and does by moving the story ahead. We get a more vivid description of what's going on besides Jesus just teaching. Verse 23 and on into 24 and 25, this man with an unclean spirit cries out. He says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. It's a more vivid portrayal of the teaching, I think. It's like this. I can stand here and read you a manuscript, and most of you, before I'm done, are not paying attention. But if I walk around a little bit, or if I do something out of the ordinary, let's say I leave the chancel, which I never do, and I walk over here, and I look back at myself and cry out, I know who you are! You're paying attention, are you not? Everybody's with me. Mark uses the same device. Instead of just giving us the words, Mark begins to paint this word picture of what happens when Jesus is teaching and it's astounding. And what happens is he is interrupted and what Mark is saying is that Jesus embodies the teaching in terms of how he responded to the man who cries out, in the congregation and when Jesus responds then we get the teaching mark records from Jesus and it's just one phrase or one sentence be silent and come out of him be silent and come out of him see if you think this is a fair translation if I said the meaning here was Jesus was saying listen and do as I say or listen and obey. Mark records that as Jesus responding to the man who cries out. But I think Mark is saying more. I think Mark's addressing it also to us and is offering it as a lesson for us in terms of our own discipleship. Be silent and come out of him or listen and obey. Listen and obey. Reverend Sarah Pugh Montgomery and I are teaching a Disciple One Bible study class. We meet every Wednesday night. We take turns leading the class. So a couple of weeks ago, at the end of the lesson, there was an assignment. We had been reading through the Gospel of Matthew. The assignment was focus on that 25th chapter of Matthew where Jesus says those who live in the kingdom do some certain things. When they see someone hungry, they give them food. When they see someone thirsty, they give them a drink. When they see someone naked, they give them clothing. When they know someone's sick or in prison, they go to visit. 
When they see a stranger, they welcome them. And the assignment said, this week, do one of those things. Just try one of those things and then be ready to report next week. So I was the teacher the next week. So we went through another one of the Gospels. And then at the end of the class, I said, do you remember the assignment from last week? Quite a few blank stares. I said, Did you re- do you remember Matthew 25? We were all supposed to do something. Did you talk about? Oh, yeah, we talked about that. I said, how many of you did that? One hand went up. So there's about 15 of us there who forgot the assignment. Or if we remembered it, we just failed to do it. It's a lesson in how difficult it is to listen and obey. Mark is telling us today that there's a foundational piece in terms of being a follower of Christ. And it is to listen to Him and obey Him. But what we found in class, and what most of us find in our own experience, is that it's much more difficult in real life. It sounds pretty easy when I say, will you listen and obey Christ? Everyone shakes their head. Oh yes, we're ready to listen and obey But most of us find in our day-to-day living, it's so easy to get distracted. So many other things erupt around us, circumstances change, things call for our attention, and before we know it, what we said on Sunday was Jesus was going to be at the top of the list, my main priority, the core of my identity, and then we find along about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there, something else has pushed that aside, and we're acting in ways that we're not proud of. We're behaving in ways that we know are contrary to the teaching of Christ. There's just so many options and so many distractions. The simple lesson of listen and obey becomes a much more difficult proposition. I find in my own life, if I'm going to keep that as a priority, I need to set aside prescribed times to allow all other options to be secondary. If I'm going to make this primary, I've got to find some time where it really is front and center. I like to do that early in the morning. First thing when I get up on my schedule before I get ready to go to work is devotional time. I go to my office. No one else is usually awake or around me at that point. I read some scripture. I read some other writings from Christians who have come before. I pray some. I listen in case God wants to respond or speak to me. I reflect on what's going on in my life. I might journal a little bit. I pray some more. I listen some more. It helps me start my day focusing on God and listening for God to speak to me to lead me and guide me. I don't live a perfect life, but setting aside time early in the morning 
gets me focused on God as the primary thing, on my life as a disciple right in the center of my thinking and my planning for the day. It helps me tune in to what God might be doing in my life, in the life of the church. Helps me stay focused on being a disciple of Jesus Christ. I like to do it in the morning. Others like to do a similar kind of thing just before bedtime every day. Other people find a time throughout the day where they're able to set aside some time for prayer or devotions. The times can vary. doesn't really matter what time you do it so much as it does to make the commitment of finding time. Making the commitment to finding time to listen is pivotal for our spiritual growth and maturity. John Wesley, who's the founder of the Methodist movement and employed and deployed lots of different kinds of leaders, had a great habit in his devotion time. But he found others of the leaders who were struggling. We have one letter from one of those leaders just talking about the same kind of thing we're talking about in terms of his own private exercises, as Wesley calls them, or private devotion time. And he tells him he's just not doing very well. He's ready to quit. We have the letter where John Wesley writes back to this fellow. I want to read you a few of the sentences that Wesley wrote. He started like this. Oh, begin! Exclamation point. Oh, begin! Fix some part of every day for private exercises. You may acquire the taste which you have not. What is tedious at first will afterward be pleasant. Whether you like it or not, read and pray daily. It is for your life. There is no other way, else you will find yourself to be a trifler all your days. The text gives us one line today that Jesus speaks. Be silent and come out of Him. Be silent is step one. Listen and come out or obey. Step two obey are you ready to look at your life of faith and carve out some time to listen to recommit as a follower of christ to take step two as well and obey the story today gives us a contrast between the unclean spirit and the people in terms of how they respond Mark tells us the unclean spirit does as Jesus says. But what do the people do? Mark tells us in verse 27 and 28, he says this about the congregation that was there. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. So you have this contrast between the Spirit and the people. On the one side, obedience. 
on the other side, a discussion. Oh, they're amazed, and they begin to talk about it. They're asking each other questions. Mark never says, if any of them do anything differently, if any of them obey in terms of being more attentive to Jesus from that point on, apparently they even go and tell others how amazing Jesus is, for His fame begins to spread. But were their lives changed? Were they any more attentive or obedient to what God was doing through Jesus? Mark never tells us that any of these folks changed their lives or let God change their lives or even dedicated their lives to being followers of Christ. There's lots of stories throughout the Gospels, and we see a common pattern there, not unsimilar to here, where people hear Jesus or encounter Him, and some respond in obedience, and others talk about it or wander away as if nothing really happened, no big deal, living their lives as they had before. Which camp do you find yourselves in? The camp of obedience as a follower of Christ? Or the camp of let's talk about how amazing Jesus is? That's okay to do, but it's not enough, Mark is saying. I thought about my own life. From the time I was young, I remember wanting to follow the rules I wanted to be a good boy and follow the rules, but you know what I found myself doing a lot? Asking why. Why do I have to do it this way? Why do I have to do it now? Couldn't we do this or that? How about we try it like this? Why do we have to do it your way? I realized the struggles, not just between different people, the struggles within me. Maybe it's within you. I want to listen and obey, but I find myself sometimes distracted and asking questions, not paying attention. But obedience is more than following the rules. And there's the great part of the gospel that's all about grace and our freedom in Christ. I really like that part. I like to focus over there. But Mark is giving us the other side of the coin and saying obedience is an important part of our life in Christ. It's so much more than following the rules. It's developing a relationship with God of significance. Obedience is an issue concerning our trust in God. Robert Mulholland died about a year ago. He was one of the great Methodist writers on spiritual life. He was a Bible scholar and a seminary professor. He wrote a number of books. In one of them, he talks about this idea of obedience and discipleship. I want to read you a few of his sentences. I believe he sums it up so very well. He's talking about particularly listening to Scripture or the Word, he says. The basic way the Word nurtures our growth is through obedience. 
The secret of nurture, however, is that our obedience must also be offered to God as a spiritual discipline. Obedience is not something I do to shape myself in God's image, but an obedience to the Word that I also offer up so God may use it to shape me by grace. We are addressed by the Word. We then obey. The nature of the doing of the obedience is the secret of genuine discipleship. It is a doing that is abandonment to God. Mulholland calls this idea of discipleship or obedience to Christ our step of abandonment to God, surrendering our whole life to God, entrusting all of who we are over to God as a follower of Jesus Christ. Are you ready to abandon your life into the hands of God? Or you could put it like this, obedience is the decision to trust God more deeply. Are you ready to take a step in faith and trust God with more of your life? To trust God more deeply? To entrust the part of your life where there's struggle, where there's brokenness, where there's hurt, where there's conflict, where there's misunderstanding, where there's confusion? Are you ready to offer that to God? Mulholland says that's what our obedience to Christ is all about. That's what our following of Christ is all about. Mark has already given us, just halfway through this first chapter we are in Mark, he's already given us a number of important lessons for our life in faith or our life as disciples. We have heard him say, the kingdom of God has come near, or God is close to you right now. So repent and believe or turn toward God and believe that God is present and God's love is here for you now. Then he says, if you do that, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And then today, the lesson is listen and obey. Listen and obey. Amen.